so it's fantastic today to be joined by uh, Lynn Weston. Uh, Lynn is the Director of Church of England Relations at LICC based in London, um, helping Anglican churches specifically focus on developing whole life discipleship. And so quite rightly, today we're talking about whole life worship and, and what it means to worship God everywhere in our workplaces on Monday to Friday, because uh, that's the chapter that you wrote. So welcome, Lynn. Thank you. Great to be with you, Nick. Um, so, Lynn, I guess to start off, it might be helpful for people just to hear a bit of your journey, um, because you've been in the workplace for, for the majority of your life. Uh, you're now ordained. But just tell us a bit, I guess, your work story and, and how you've got to be where you are today, I guess. Sure, yeah. Um, you may have worked out that I'm from Northern Ireland. Um, I, I grew up there and at the age of 20, I came to England as a, a trainee manager in retail. Um, so for the first five years of my life, I was um, in, in retail and absolutely loved it. Um, fashion was my area of expertise. Wow. Oh, and, um, tips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, I, I became a, an area manager there um, in Yorkshire, actually. Um, and it was it was really fast moving and dynamic. And I've been born in Northern Ireland into a Christian family. So, you know, I, I was I've always been a Christian and I always felt that God called me to be a disciple in the workplace. That, that just felt very, very natural. Um, I spent a number of years in fashion retail and then one of the leaders I'd worked for went into financial services. And much to my mum and dad's shock, um, I became a banker, which was not on the cards at all. Um, I, I followed him into financial services and um, I, I started in brand management. And um, he came along one day, my, my boss, and said, um, I want to put you into change management. And it, it wasn't a chosen career, but I spent 27 years basically leading change um, in large corporate organisations, um, very much working in Europe. And it was super exciting, um, but I, I just always felt that I was where God wanted me to be, that um, I was his disciple in a place which, to be honest, most people, the majority, didn't know God at all. Lots of atheists, lots of agnostics, um, but he used that really wonderfully. And lots of people with lots of life problems, everything you can imagine, broken marriages, problems with children, drug problems, drink problems. And just being there in those places and walking beside people was really special. But when I went to Uganda in 2012 and um, on a mountaintop in Uganda, as happens, um, God spoke to me there and said, I'm, I'm calling you out of that place. I, I, want, I want you to take everything you've learned in the workplace and use that for my church. And um, I, I resisted for a bit, um, but then a few years later, um, accepted the calling and moved into ordained ministry and started working for the Church of England and um, the Diocese of Chester and I'm now with LICC. And just tell us a bit about LICC um, a bit, uh, and how LICC relates to the topic today about worshipping in, in your whole of life. Just tell us a bit about LICC. Um, LICC is uh, an amazing organisation. We're a, a small organisation 
but we've got a real passion to equip and empower people to be disciples every day. Um, very much um, excited about the gathered church, but the gathered church equipping people for their everyday lives and, and feeling confident or courageous, whatever word feels right for you, um, to take your faith into the places where God has put you, whether that's in the workplace, whether that's as a parent or in your community, whether you're retired, just to feel equipped to um, use your faith um, really, really strongly wherever, wherever you are and be God's light in the world. And, and we do a lot of different things. We um, research, we write books, we create resources, we teach, we train, we consult all over the country and actually internationally as well. But most of our work is, is here in, in the UK. Fantastic. And, and very simply, how would you answer the question like, why is that important? Why is where we are outside of the gathered worship, why is that important for, for, for worship? Why? Because that's what God has called us to do. You know, we, we, that, that great commission we were called to, um, as we go about our everyday lives, be disciples. That, that, that is our calling. That is our commissioning. And, and, and why? Because that's where we're going to change the world by being present and being that light of Christ in those places by by speaking God's truth by showing his love his kindness ministering grace and love wherever we are it, it, it's it's being that and being that authentically and those places are are varied so it's about I, I think bringing our our true calling to life every day Fantastic. In, in the chapter in the book, when you write on this, um, you give you have this great formulation of hours spent in our lives. In our, in, and it's something like, you know, the maximum we might spend on church activities, um, including Sundays and maybe a small group or whatever, is maybe 10 hours. Yeah. And then if you take away sleeping and everything, I think you say something like 110 hours that we each have. Uh, the rest of the, is that right? And, uh, uh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and that, that, that's, I mean, that's quite a powerful way of displaying the amount of time we have outside of gathered worship mm. to worship. So um, what does worship in those 110 hours look like for someone? I mean, obviously everyone's in different ages and stages of their work life or home-based life or whatever it is. But are there some key kind of theological principles? Like I think you mentioned Amos 5, um, justice. You know, are there some headline things that those 110 hours should be shaped by, would you say? To, to me, those 110 hours are, are shaped by that overflowing. You know, what, what we do when we gather, when, when we worship God and we come to give thanks and we come to repent, we confess, um, and, and we come together and, and we grow in, in worship that that has its absolute place but then it's about overflowing that and taking that into life and even in the simplest things that those are things that we, we should be doing in worship you know sometimes we're doing really mundane things we're cutting the grass in summertime we're we're, we're doing the things we're taking our kids to school in the busy rush hour and it's quite stressful but we're doing that all in, in worship to God and we're giving thanks in all those things and, and we're doing it and we're praising him and we're thanking him and we're doing it for him. And that all our work, anything we do is, is, is to his glory. Hmm. And when we do it to his glory, then we see fruit. 
So, so is it is it because often, you know, we, we hear this kind of idea and we think, oh my goodness, I need to do something big, like okay, justice in the work in my workplace, or you know, I I, I need to be squeaky clean righteous person, you know, like I need to do something big and obvious. But it's not always that way, is it? Um, there are small things. And I think in the chapter, you tell a story of when, when you left the bank. Is this right? Yeah. Suddenly, you know, out of the woodwork almost. Uh, but you tell the story, you know, people came up and said, thank you for just who you've been, maybe small kindness or just your demeanor towards people. Just tell us a bit. Is that right? Is that the story? Yeah, that, that, that is the story. Um, I was quite taken by it. I wish it would come up a few years early because it would have really <laughs> helped. But, you know, you, you just take for granted what you are. And um, people knew I was a Christian. Um, sometimes when the real difficulties that they asked me more about my Jesus and, 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 and what Jesus meant to me. But sometimes what they just saw was actions and behaviours. And on this last day, I was packing up all my stuff and people just were coming in. And some of them were big things like, thank you when you were there. And, you know, when my mum died and you were there and you showed love and compassion. But some of them were, thank you for making us laugh every day. Thank you for the joy. And, you know, I worked on really stressful projects. Thank you for in the stress, just turning into laughter and... And, and and that really impacted me about you know joy sort of sits through the good things and the bad things, and and, and I had never realised that they'd recognised it was Christ in me, mm. and and one of the big things that I haven't written about in this was um, when I actually went to resign and said I'm going to um, my next big change program, and my boss said to me, oh my goodness, what's that? And I said I'm going to serve Jesus, um, full time every day in the church. And he said to me, I've seen that coming for six years. Wow. And this was somebody who, who had no faith himself, but did still have the ability to recognize it in a, in a Christian. And we still keep in touch. And they're so interested in, in how my life's panning out and, and why it's panning out in the way it is. We still keep lots of um, contact with each other. That's fantastic. Because I think that that is important, isn't it, to um, encourage people maybe listening to this or watching this, you know, that it, you don't have to necessarily do something what you think is big because, you know, the topsy-turvy kingdom of God, it, it's the small things sometimes that are big in the kingdom, isn't it? And, and in the workplace, often those smaller things can make a big snowball difference and actually are the are the things that people notice that are different about us like just the character stuff mm -hmm. and obviously we're seeing that at the moment big time in in leadership in the world like how character really does matter um and so and, and i think that's interesting because another concept you bring in the chapter is the gather and scatter um concepts for worship um and how, I guess, what happens in the gathering does link to the scattering. For example, in this instance, you know, maybe we get refreshed in the spirit, in, our, in the fruits of the spirit, you know, not just gifts, but fruits, the character that we need to sustain in stressful work environments. Talk a little bit about that, about gather, scatter, and, and, and those kind of terminology. What does, what does that mean? So I talk about when, when, when we gather together, we gather together as the church and, and that's as a people when we come together and, and worship and praise. It, it could be in, in church on a Sunday, that could be in a building, it could be outside a building. At the minute, lots of churches are, working, are meeting all over the place. 
It could be anywhere. It's when we meet, it could be in a small group Bible study, it could be in a prayer group, or um, just some sort of, um, it could be a Christmas gathering, whatever it is. Um, and it's when we worship together, but then um, how we meet and the authenticity of how we meet is, is so important that we are actually really thinking about the rest of our lives. So what we're praying about is, is what we're praying about, the real lives we all live out there. What we're talking about, are we sharing each other's stories of where we are every day and asking for God's help in those places? Are we sending people out with, with prayer and support? And then people going out into their scattered lives feeling I feel really equipped. I feel part of a community and, and I want to overflow that. It might be overflowing that into different aspects of life. It might be injustice. It might be um, with a real heart to want to go to the darker places, to work with vulnerable people, to go and find them and um, help them, especially at the minute um, when there are so many people in, in need of help. Or it might be just in our everyday lives, just supporting people, walking alongside them, listening to them. And it might be directly speaking to people about faith and um, sharing stories. But it's it's where we are in our everyday lives. And it's the places, and, and I go on to talk about front lines, the places where we come into contact with those who are not Christians. And it's, it's how we... Um, bring Christ's Christ story to those places, not necessarily by talking about it. It could be in deeds as well as it can be in words, but also maybe praying that prayer every day for, for um, God to open up the doors when there are opportunities to, to share our stories. And it could be very simply telling our stories about what God did in the really, really simple things of our everyday lives. It doesn't have to be in the big testimonial stuff. It's just in the everyday stories. I love that. And um, I, I was you just made me remember that um, my previous church, St. Paul's in Hammersmith, uh, we had a six o'clock evening service and we introduced this slot called the other six, meaning the other six days of the week, you know, where we, you know, interview someone, tell us about the other six. And it's, I guess it's, it, it, is it simple things like that, that in terms of what churches can do to link better worship in the week and worship on a Sunday is it is it small simple things like that and uh, because they make a big difference don't they? I guess in, in people's perspective and, and and hearing from one another so one of the things um we we would encourage churches to do and those churches who do absolutely love it and um, it's called this time tomorrow and right. it's a small slot on a, a Sunday it could be a, a virtual slot it could be a you know in when we're together physically but somebody just coming up and saying, this is where I will be tomorrow. This is what my life looks like tomorrow. Um, these are the challenges I'll face. This is what I find hard about it. This is what I'm excited about it. Will you pray for me? Mm. What I also like to encourage is then a couple of weeks later, people coming back and saying, you know, you prayed for me. Here's what happened. <laughs> that can be really powerful testimony as well those aren't big things those aren't when people are doing big world-changing things those are just simple things tomorrow morning this is where I'm going to be it could be I'm sitting with a friend tomorrow morning um, having a cup of coffee but will you pray for me because this is my life mm. that, that's a brilliant um, way it, it could also be in as we pray really knowing about where people's lives are and and praying into those things um showing pictures in our churches of those real life places, you know, not just showing all the nice stuff, but showing the tougher stuff we have to go through, the mundane stuff, the difficult stuff. 
And it's just making that really part of what we do when we gather. It's making it real. Yeah. yeah. Real life stuff. And, and part of this, again, it does come down to um, theology of worship. Because I guess, obviously, as someone who's helped put, pull this book together and overseen all the different voices that have written the chapters in this book on worship, um, I, 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 I see that overall theology of worship so important here. Because, for example, in what we're talking about in the Gather Scatter, um, having a theology of worship that we as the people of God mm-hmm. carry the presence of God uh, wherever we are. You know that it's not just it's you know on a Sunday, but actually we you know we are we are the temple, we are the body of Christ. Uh, where even when we're scattered, um, it, it's really important, isn't it, to have that right framework to understand this? And uh, because if we put too much on the gather, uh, we can undermine the importance of the scatter, can't we? Yeah. Um, do Do you see? changes i mean we've obviously recording this towards the end of 2020 people might be listening to this in in 2021 um do you see any kind of bigger challenge or changes because of what 2020 has been like um in in the church scattered because obviously everyone's been locked away in a sense in their homes a lot um what's your thinking on that have you got any initial kind of thoughts or lic got any thoughts on that I think 2020 has shaken us up as the church so much. And it's such a, you know, in, in, in change management, we used to always say, if, you, if, if we want to see change, we need to see crisis. And if there isn't a crisis, create one. Right. We, we certainly don't need to create a crisis at the minute because they're with us in abundance. But in crisis, it's a time where people stand back and reflect in a way you would never when things or normal and I think what we've seen this year is the church the body of Christ ask ourselves some really serious questions mm. things that we've got you know into our way of being that we didn't necessarily feel we needed to challenge but now because so much of when we gather it has been online we've been asking questions about how we are together what's the how do we feel spiritually um, what community have we got we've been asking all these questions and I think it's been um, in, there's been a lot of negative disruption. There's also been a lot of positive disruption and seeing what the spirits put on our hearts to say, let's shake this up a bit and let's see, you know, let us really ask questions when we gather. Is that equipping us for our, our lives or have we become too inward looking? Are, are we when we are gathered, are we thinking missionally? Are we thinking about everybody not with us today? You know, in, in the chapter, I show um, some dots which show what we look like, you know, these red dots in the corner. When we're together, we can be a bit, here we are in the corner together, and it feels quite safe. But how how do we stay red when we're out in the world and we're impacting those other people? And what we've done when we're together really, really equipped us for those places. And, and And I think as we go into 2021, we are asking a lot more of those questions of each other. Mm-hmm. and knowing we can so easily flip between being able to meet in person and not being able to meet in person it's really made us reflect on how are we praying together how are we sharing the word together what are we focused on mm-hmm. and I think because people's lives have changed like a lot of people now their work is in the home there's a lot more um they're not so separate work and home aren't so separate 
So how we actually engage with people in their working lives in, in some ways is easier. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we encourage um, people to speak to people in the workplaces to find, it's quite easy now because you can just Zoom them at lunchtime. <laughs> you know, places where you maybe just people's working lives were, were so separate. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And LICC um, have these six M's and you, you mentioned this in the chapter. I thought it was really helpful. Uh, six M's of modeling godly character. It sounds brilliant. It sounds like, a, you know, if I do these six things, I will be very close to God himself. Um, just, just talk us a bit, because obviously people, again, for people listening or watching, you know, that, that I'm sure are hungry for, for practical tips as well. Like, okay, what, what can I put in place? So um, just tell us a little bit about, around that and how that plays out. I love our six M's because I think it really helps shape sometimes. I think sometimes when you ask people about um, thinking about going out into their front lines, they always assume it's about going out and being evangelists. <laughs> and I think these, these six M's help us shape it into the, the, the bigger picture. Obviously, evangelism is one aspect of it. But um, modelling godly character is very much about the fruits of the spirit. And, and, and that's the sort of how do we... Um, model Christ's character in, in everything we, we do. And that's sort of the foundation of the six M's. But then we're also um, thinking about making good work. So how we work, the way we work, always giving of our best, no matter what it is, because we're giving it for God um, is, is so important. Ministering grace and love. You know, how do we be the people who walk beside those in, in need, even when they're really difficult people and they might be hard to show love to how do we show love in those places and even in the workplace I I know there was times where I was in the awful position of you know having to make people redundant how how do you show grace and love in 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 those terrible situations especially at the minute when that's such a a prominent thing going on being a mouthpiece for truth and justice sometimes it can be speaking justice into the big things but sometimes the little things as well and um, and yes, of course, being a messenger of the gospel and telling our stories, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, getting on a podium in my workplace. I certainly couldn't stand in an auditorium in front of everybody and proclaim the name of Jesus. I did the odd time make mistakes and say, go in peace when I shouldn't have but, um, to love and serve the Lord. But um, how can we proclaim the gospel just in the everyday discussions about maybe just sharing little stories about why we believe what we do. And, and those six M's, I think, just help give us a framework for doing all those things in, in Jesus' name. Fantastic. So if people are interested in that, they can find out more on the LICC website. You can just yeah. do LICC, you'll find it. Um, or, or read the chapter in the book, of course. Um, and I, I mean, I'm just listening, listening to those thinking, they, they're good just for churches as well. For church, you know, it doesn't, it's still a workplace, isn't it? For those who work in churches or mm-hmm. on church teams, the, the, the same principles matter um, and are transferable. Um, Lynn, it's been fantastic to talk. Um, before we end, I'd love to ask you to pray just for, for people listening or, or watching this, uh, because it can be very isolating, can't it, being a Christian uh, on the front line, as you call it, especially mm-hmm. if, you, if you're the only one, yeah. uh, or if, as far as you know, you're the only one. Uh, in a certain scenario or situation. Um, there can be battles over power. 
that they can, you know, where people, people could feel, and maybe listening to this, someone right now is even feeling, I just feel powerless. I'm, I'm trapped under this thing. I don't know what to do. So <clears throat> we're really aware it's a spiritual, worship is a spiritual activity. It's a whole life activity and it's got to be infused with um, prayer. So would you mind um, praying for us as we kind of come to land? I'd love to, Nick. Love to. Fantastic. Lord, we just thank you so much for um, the gift you have given us, that you have filled us with um, such different gifts in each of us. You have um, chosen each of us by name. And Lord, I just pray that you give us the, the confidence and the courage to be your light wherever you send us, to shine like a beacon on a hill um, in, in those everyday places whether they be in our homes, in our workplaces, in our communities, as we volunteer. Lord, just, just let us be um, lights for you in those, pl the, those places. And Lord, there is so much um, in the world at the moment that is dark and is frightening. So Lord, let us be the people who um, walk with courage in those places. And we speak up for you and we speak up for what is right and what is just in everything we do. Or just bless everyone who's listening to this and everyone who's not. And just give us um, the courage to move forward in your name and um, with greater possibilities. And Lord, I pray too for um, the church as we gather in, in the coming months, as we um, gather again physically and as we um, gather more remotely. Just be with us and fill us with your spirit in everything we do. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Lynn. It's been fantastic to talk to you today. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Thank you.